0: the magic book club podcast hello there you're listening to the magic book club podcast with me emma b in for tom price this week and we talked to the quite fabulous wendy mitchell on the release of her new book somebody i used to know which tells the story of wendy's journey from her diagnosis of early onset dementia in 2014 to her life now as a campaigner and spokesperson for the disease and here i am with her having a fun and lovely chat it's really nice to meet you and put a face to the name and a face behind the voice that's in the book. Oh, thank you. Um, somebody I used to know is so honest um, and so funny and so um, moving. It feels, however, like it was quite an easy write for you, like it was kind yeah. of there waiting to be just written down. <laughs> have, have I? Yeah. You know, how, yeah. how did it come about? Well, people had often asked me to
1: write a book, but I knew I could never do that because I'd write the same on every page. (coughs) (laughs) So once uh, the lovely Anna Wharton contacted me and she'd seen a film that I made um, and said how she'd love to write a book with me. So that idea really appealed to me, not because I wanted other people Not because I thought other people would read it. I just wanted a book in my hand, (laughs) my book. And so I had to make sure I trusted her because you have to have a lot of trust in someone that's helping you write a book. It's a big deal. Yeah. So I met her in London one day when I was on my way somewhere else and we just clicked immediately. We just laughed and smiled for half an hour and we just both knew that it would work because obviously Anna had to know that it would work as well and so we, we took about a year I think so people tell me <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> You're allowed to make the joke <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but we wrote it all on WhatsApp and email Oh, right. Because I can't use the phone anymore. Yeah. So, and she lives at the other end of the country, so... WhatsApp and email emojis took on a whole
0: new meaning. <laughs> yeah, your very your Twitter. Well, we'll talk about your social media later because you're great on Twitter and yes, huge and very very amazing use of emojis. By the way, yeah, Big I love for emojis.
1: You. <laughs> but I'd never heard of I'd never heard of emojis before, Anna.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the things that she's brought to you. I uh, know. Yeah. So how did, I mean? How did that work then for you? What would you do? Would you, would you, you do a bit a day
1: each day? Okay. We worked together. All day, every day, it felt like. Yeah. Um, And she would tell me what bit we were writing about. So I would, she'd tell me what to write. So I'd type my whatever it was and then send it back to her. And we'd have a laugh because I'd say, oh, we must include this this week. And she'd patiently say, no, we did that last week. (laughs) <laughs> so we, she had to be very patient with me, cause I was forever saying things like that, and we just went backwards and forwards yeah. in small chunks like that. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I don't know what's in my book. It's just, which sounds silly, but if someone says something to me, reads some, I know if it's my me or not.
0: Yeah, of course. So. Um,
1: yeah, it sounds silly but I can't read my own book.
0: <laughs> There's the, the the somebody I used to know is it it's it, it's out now. It is, yeah. Um and uh for those people who haven't heard about it which is it, is is increasingly very few. Mm. Um it is um like how do I like? There, there seems to be two sides to it. There's the there's the, the the story of of your dementia from your diagnosis in 2014. Yeah, and then there's another part of it that seems to me like it's a bit of a love letter to you. That's right. It's well, it's a bit about it's
1: about life really. Um, and I always say that that the old me. Often I, I talk to the old me to say you know what would you have done? Yeah because the old me was very different from this me. Um, And people forget that every single day we make decisions about what to do and where to go when we're faced with a challenge. Yep. And that decision that we make, which path we choose, makes or breaks us. And I wanted to choose a positive path, when i was diagnosed even though I, everybody clinicians and everyone around me was saying negative things i wasn't determined i was determined to choose that positive path mm-hmm. there
0: was um there was a really interesting bit as well uh, I, I, and um I think part of uh, part of what your story obviously has become is is your work with Alzheimer's, the Alzheimer's mm. Society, and the awareness that you've been bringing mm. um, uh, to the to the bigger world uh, about what the disease is, mm. how it actually affects people, and what you can do what you can do about it. What you mm. did about it, your personal story. And there's a uh, one chapter that where you, I think you'd gone back for another mini mm. memory test, and and the doctor said, "Oh yes, you're a little bit worse yeah. than last time," and and all those mm. those tiny nuances that people yeah. don't think about do they those words that yeah. that you can just say in a different way and give so yeah. big people get so much more hope clinicians body language
1: and the language that they use the words that they use can have a lasting effect on people and I rem- I can still see my my consultant's face when she told me and it was very sad and she gave me a handshake and oh. said goodbye. There's nothing we can do. Oh, so, so it's unthinkable, isn't you know, <laughs> it? It's unthinkable. It happens, the door. yeah. Today, so you know how different that would have been if they said, "Oh, yes, it it, it is young young de- onset dementia, and not something any anyone would want to have." But think of it as the start of a new life, a different life, one that you might not have chosen. But a life of adapting, and think of it as continuously challenges being brought to you.
0: I think there is, there's, there's, the the way that you phrase that is something that I'd never heard before as well. (laughs) Um, And one of the wonderful things about this book, I think, um, is that. Um, number, number. I think for me as well, it really opened my eyes to, to 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 what the disease is and how it affects you on a daily basis, and and dispels a lot of the myths that we that we mm. assume about people with dementia. But also, I think the other the other thing um, uh, is. Uh, is that that you com- you continuously rephrase things and turn them on their heads, and that that whole idea that this was the start of something mm. that dementia had a start, mm. a middle, and and an end, yeah, and that and that when people couldn't see or they didn't react to you mm. in a in a positive or kind way, or be because but it was very much the start of a, a new journey for and that's you. That's right, because when when people hear that
1: word, yeah. dementia. They immediately think of the end. Yes. And even those in the end stages had a beginning and a middle. Of course. And people often forget that or, you know, they might not have realized it at the time. But if you can if you can think in that way when you're diagnosed, it makes it less of a, a tragedy. Yes. And and more of a challenge. Um, I always say it's I'm playing this game daily with you dementia, are. and I don't like losing. <laughs> so I'm continually trying to outmaneuver it and outwit it. But I'm very, very lucky because I'm that glass half full person.
0: I think there's a bit of northern grit in there as well, isn't oh, there, yes. Wendy? Uh, there's there a, bit there's a, yeah. a bit of Yorkshire. There's a bit of Yorkshire backbone in there too.
1: Yeah, definitely. But I am, I really do consider myself to be lucky to have that personality because I think personality affects so much of how we deal with a situation, especially a
0: life changing one. I've heard you talk about as well that um, uh, that uh, what we find out in the book as well is that you were a single mum of two daughters. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you, you, you brought up two girls brilliantly on your own mm. with the sheer determination and hard work. Mm. Um, and that actually, I've heard you say before that you think being a single mum and, and being on your own might yes. have been advantageous. Oh, yeah. I often talk about it
1: be am um, being so lucky again <laughs> to be on my own mm. because being on my own means no one goes around the house moving things because when they're moved i don't they don't exist to me anymore but also it means that i don't have to worry about someone a, a husband watching me progress yes. through the disease and It also means that I have to find a way to do things to stay keeping living on my own. And I feel that when they're in a couple that people often do things for the person for the kindest of reasons. Yeah. But actually if we don't do things every day, we just forget. Absolutely. And then they're stuck with having to do it. Yeah. I remember with my, my my daughter's, When I was diagnosed, they suddenly started putting on my coat. (laughs) I could still put on my own coat. And I said to them, if you carry on putting on my coat, you're going to have to come to my house every time I want to go out and put on my coat. Well, exactly. But they stopped immediately. (laughs) So it's for the kindest of reasons, people do things for us. But if we take an hour to put on our coat... What does it matter? It means you can go and do something else and it means we have some sense of independence that we so desperately need...
0: Absolutely, I think I think you know and with i I naturally default tasks to my other half yeah. I do I do, and I was thinking yeah. about it this morning after reading a book this over the weekend and uh, and and just thinking to myself, "Gee, I'm quite capable of changing yeah. a and light bulb. <laughs> why am I not doing this myself and, exactly. and, and, you, and you and your and your brain gets lazy that's you right. know, and that's yes. exactly what you've you know tried so very hard and been successful oh, with. Yeah. Stopping yeah. that happening and exercising that bit as much as you can with absolutely what, exactly yeah. So you're, uh, I'm intrigued about this, because the uh, the moment that you were diagnosed, you then kind. Of, I mean, how long did that take? For goodness' sake, oh, as well. It took uh, probably
1: eighteen months, two years, something like that. It was a very long time. Do you think
0: you you
1: knew in your heart? That no, I absolutely dementia never entered my vocabulary. Wow because i was so like so many other people and thought it was old older people that got dementia
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and of course now i know so different cuz some of my friends are in their 40s their 30s so dementia doesn't discriminate against age no absolutely or wealth not. or sex or
0: anything absolutely anyone can be can get dementia they Um, uh, so we, you, you were diagnosed, Mm. kept this secret to yourself at work. Yeah, I did. (laughs) So, uh, if uh, if you haven't, for those people who haven't read the book, um, you were this sort of guru of organisation at work with schedules, you were working in the Mm. NHS, Mm. um, at the... In the, the, the way that you describe the lengths that you went to, 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 to maintain, and the, with, this is with the introduction of a new schedule as well, mm. a computerised schedule. Mm. How, how did you do that, Wendy? I was so, so difficult. Um, I used to arrive very early
1: in the morning before everybody else arrived just to turn on the computer and open up things that I needed to open because even that became difficult um just the smallest of tasks became a challenge mm-hmm. and so but at the time i wasn't prepared or i w- i hadn't got my head around yeah. how to tell people because that in itself is difficult mm-hmm. so i i went on for quite a long time before i actually told
0: um my managers first, and then my team and the and and part of i think you you're, I, I would imagine anyway, I'm uh, that the the joy that you 're getting out of the work that you 're doing now is to try and address that reaction mm. that you got in the workplace oh absolutely um,
1: it would be so nice if um, other people didn 't have to go through what I went through um I, I want to just sow some seeds yes. of of people just to think, and and take note of what they can do Always. to help people with dementia. And when you when you have young when you diagnose with young dementia, which all that means is you're under sixty five, <laughs> you you can be still be working. You can have a mortgage. You can have young children. And there's so much different support that you need. And work is the your one place where you often have a refuge from from family life. And so if if they get it wrong and if they don't understand, then it can turn everything to go downhill very, very quickly.
0: Absolutely. Your team, though, I, in, oh, they were. Yeah, you see a big smile on yeah. Wendy's face for the purposes yeah. of the tape. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, they had. Uh, they, they employed lots of little different things to. Uh, they reacted well, didn't they? They did. Your...
1: They, they so did. They didn't think of me as suddenly incapable, They they wanted to help me. And I told them through a Dementia Friends session and then I immediately went home because I knew that they would want to talk amongst themselves and <laughs> just come to terms with what i just told them. And the next day I went in and immediately the ideas for what they could do were coming, the different colour post-its yeah. for different team members and... Um, having a time when they could ring me at home and just all those tiny things that made so much difference yeah. at that point and made me feel that I was still a value. Yes. You know, whereas dementia has stripped me off that feeling of being valued, but they gave me me back again, which was wonderful.
0: And it's and and it's the littlest things, like it's you said, it was the littlest things, things that can that, it can enable you to carry on for so much longer.
1: Absolutely. Just just you know, employers can just think what changes. Ask the person what changes could we make that would make all the difference to you. Yeah. And for some, it's achievable. And for some, it isn't. But at least have a conversation. Yeah. And and ask. Don't think that it's suddenly a, um. Oh, you you need to leave situation, which is more or less what happened to me. Although I I yes. was determined that I was going to leave on my terms, not on,
0: on their terms. That was that conversation with the HR lady. Oh, I was I like know. that for oh, goodness' sake. It is. I was it really, was really, really tough for you, really tough for you. It, really was, for it you. was a very
1: hard time, but... My team kept me going. They sound great. They were wonderful.
0: Oh, wonderful. <laughs> they sound great. Yeah. The um, uh, and, and and also um, uh, your daughters as well. You talk oh, so. Yeah. You, I mean, hey, look, you know, you you sound you you're a wonderful person, clearly, and you you know, you sound like a cracking mum. Oh, um, and that, <laughs> oh, and, you'd have to ask them about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I've seen. I've seen. I've seen. I've read bits <laughs> with them before and, and seen them and there and and uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of humour. Uh, between the three of you, isn't there mm. still how uh, how I mean how hard however was that those mm. those first meetings with your two girls oh, to, yeah. to sit and and, and talk about yeah. what was happening and um, and what you what you what you wanted? That's right. Well, people forget
1: that when we get the diagnosis, uh, all our family get that diagnosis. It's not just us. Mm. And so uh, the biggest lesson we learned as a family, was to talk. Because it doesn't come naturally to many people you, to, to express your fears and your struggles. It's not often that it, the tables are turned and parents have to tell their children. But I'm also still a mum. Yes. So I, I needed to know what was worrying them as well. Yeah so that was the biggest thing we we learned was talk from the start and that's when we we sat down and did my lasting power of attorney which of course it was a difficult conversation but it means that they don't have to make those difficult emotional decisions at a time when difficult emotional decisions are the last and thing you last... want it's all done and dusted
0: and 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 i think as well there's there's there was there are several occasions in the book and we won't give everything away uh, but there are several occasions in in the book where the your the, the reason why you're doing what you're what you're doing in whatever occasion it is 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 to, to try and take back as much control as you can
1: oh yeah i i, I never want my
0: girls to be my carers Yes. They will always be my daughters. When was, what was the, Mm. there was an occasion when, um, I can't remember who, somebody came around. Oh gosh, yes. Am I going to (laughs) remember? There was, uh, there was, and uh, and the lady, and I can't remember who it was, maybe she'd come around to to see how you were or how you were coping. um, And uh, she was referring to you, uh, she was referring to your daughter as a carer. Yes. And and talking to her like this. And I was just like, oh, Oh my gosh, this yeah. is so another example of. of it is, it's, it's those assumptions yes. that people make um,
1: without getting to know the people. They just make those immediate assumptions that I must have a carer. <laughs> I must live with someone to help me. You know, th- there's all these assumptions people make instead of just asking the person. Yeah. Uh, there's often occasions when. People will talk to my daughters instead of me. And luckily, my daughters immediately say, well, why don't you ask mum? She's She's next to me. (laughs) Exactly. So between us, you know, we've got it right, I hope. And we're always facing new challenges. Yeah. But because we talk, that's when it works.
0: Now, I think there's there's, uh, most people, I think, would assume that with your campaigning work that you've... You've thrown yourself into. Um, that you know, that, that comes from a, a a position of being driven and like by a, <laughs> a higher cause. <laughs> to to a large degree, in this, no, it sounded a little a, mm. lot, a lot, it was almost by accident, but it was yeah. it it was it was keeping you busy. That's right. The
1: my least favourite look on a calendar <laughs> is an empty calendar. Uh, because that's when dementia takes you over. Um I try and keep as busy as I can. Uh, I call all these sort of things my Sudoku to try and keep my brain (laughs) exposed to different conversations and different environments just to keep the progression in check. Yeah. Because as soon as it gets quiet, doing nothing becomes nice.
0: Yes. And
1: that's very... That's wrong. It, it's that's dementia telling you that I'm taking over now. Yeah. And that's the last
0: thing I want. It's a seductive voice, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah.
1: They have... Um, the, uh, I wish I'd thought of that phrase, a seductive voice. You can, you, a can have, you can have one. that one
0: on me, Wendy. What is really interesting as well is I think we all make so many assumptions about forgetfulness about mm. dementia um and the characteristics that we know so much about mm. um, uh, and that th- your book does go quite a long way to explain mm. actually the reality of the fog that you describe mm. and there was one particular um incident with the shed in the back garden that, oh, that yes, wasn't there yeah, um, yeah. and and that was the first time i'd heard that explained can you tell me about yeah. that well our
1: eyes see but our brain doesn't interpret the information correctly. Yeah. And one morning I came down and my shed had disappeared. <laughs> All I could see was the concrete base and bizarrely a carpet tile on the top of the shed on the <laughs> top of the fence where I assumed they'd levered the shed over. <laughs> There'd been shed thieves <laughs> yeah. in the night. Uh, now if I could have panicked. And I could have immediately rung the police. Uh, I could have reported this crime. But I have a 30-minute rule to cope with this. And if I see something that really doesn't seem right... ..I go away and come back after 30 minutes. And if it's still not right, I know that it's probably real. Yeah, but... Obviously, in 30 minutes, I came back and there was my shed, quite happily sat in my garden. But that's the strange tricks dementia plays on you. It's not just about memory. So many of our other yeah. senses are affected as well. Your hearing
0: as well, in particular. Oh, yeah. You talk a lot about that, and that was new mm. to me as well. well my, that was
1: the first of my senses to go. Um, loud noises physically hurt my ears wow. now. yeah. And... They've, they've found that many people with dementia have something called hyperacusis, which is what children, um, autistic children can yes. have. But now they've, they're just finding that people with dementia can have that. So it's been given a name which helps you to cope with it. Yeah, of course. But it means that audiologists can actually make ear guards for you to reduce the tone of certain certain noises so there's things that can be done but but often it's thought oh well it's not worth it because she has dementia (laughs) Um,
0: which is very annoying i'm sure it is Mm. i'm sure there's the uh, you know with all these incredible you have a coping strategy Mm. excuse me a coping strategy and lots of little tricks and yeah. um, mechanisms to kind of get you through your day. Yeah. Um, and, and you've worked it all out yourself. Yeah. And the overwhelming... I mean, this is a book full of good humour and yeah. hope, and, uh, but the overwhelming sadness at the beginning, for me, was that there was no support. No. And this is part of your journey, I guess, and what Absolutely. you're doing now.
1: And I, I have so many people emailing me saying, even now, there's nothing. They're given that devastating news... And then they go home waiting for something to happen, and nothing happens.
0: And and you know, when I think listening to you now, if, you know, if there are people listening who have relatives or have dementia themselves, even hearing somebody say the thirty-minute strategy, if you're just recently yeah. diagnosed, must make a, an overwhelming amount of difference. If you if you're in that situation, absolutely. Every
1: every person is different. When you've met one person with dementia, you've met one person with dementia, and we all have different bits of our brain that go a bit wonky. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, you know, that means that uh, some people might feel hunger, but I don't feel hunger. I can type yep. as though dementia's never entered my world, but other people can't. So it's all different wiring. I always describe it like a string of fairy lights. <laughs> yeah, And in each of us, different fairy lights... Flicker. And when they flicker, it means that we can do something one minute, then not the other, but we can do it the next day. Flicker on and off. But when the light fades on one particular bulb, that means that that bit of our brain has gone. Mm-hmm. So, but everybody has a different light bulb that goes out and comes on goes out. So it's finding out what can help. Yeah. Each individual, but there are so many things that we have in common as well.
0: Just you're you're a, you're a guru, Wendy. You're no. an absolute. I'm so. No. It's like the, the world yeah. is honestly. This is so important. It's so important that you did this. That's very so kind. You, you you talk about how you type, like dimensions yeah. never come into your world. Um, the blog came. Oh yeah. The blog came first before the it book. Did. Yeah. Um. Uh, what? Was that just, I'm just going to write the blog? No, I didn't even know what a blog was. <laughs> Before
1: dementia, I didn't know what a blog was, I didn't know what an iPad was,
0: <laughs> what Twitter was. Technology's played a big role oh, for you, hasn't it? A hugely it?
1: massive role. I can't say how much my day is managed by technology, Um
0: I'm a Twitter-holic. You, you, you actually are, though. You I know am, you, you actually I really are. am.
1: But I call it my silent world of conversation because I can have lots of conversations yep. in silence, whereas I could never have them with lots of people talking in a room. And also my fingers can do the typing and type at my speed. So Twitter is like my heaven. It's a wonderful place for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and very, and, pe- and people have been you know sort of watching your Twitter feed and people are grateful for advice, supportive of the books. It's a it's a very positive place for you.
1: Yes, it's, it's a lovely place. There there's always a few bad people in any world. And Twitter's no different, yep. but I know where the block button is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, good. I'm glad that yeah. you do. I'm sure you don't have to le- use it very often. Mm. Um, the so you, this this this, this the second part of your life, this bit of your life, has just took this massive left turn when you got your diagnosis, mm. and at the same time took you know took you on a path that you didn't expect. No, but the campaigning. And the work that you do is also part of a life that you didn't expect. Oh, yeah. And how Mm. how are you enjoying that? And are you seeing Mm. progress with the work Mm. that you're doing?
1: Well, sometimes I think that lots of things have changed, but nothing has changed. Yeah. It's it's a very slow progress in getting change. And time is one thing we don't have on our side. Mm -hmm. So... I, I always like to make sure that I promote what other people are doing that have just been diagnosed. Maybe yep. if they want to get involved, because it's like a bit like succession planning at work, isn't it? <laughs> you have, we're going to have to keep on banging on doors for a long, long time. Yeah. So I, I like banging on doors but <laughs> i like the, i like them to be opened and and things done uh, there's a lot of talking and not a lot of doing.
0: Yes, uh, that is mm. quite endemic in big institutions yes. like the NHS, uh, isn't absolutely. it? its yeah. is. I'm sure that Alzheimer's, is, it was, it's quite funny because you, you, you say in the book that you know the Alzheimer's Society and uh, the other bodies that you've done work for would mm. phone you up and go, oh, would you do this? Yes. Would you yeah. do that? Yes. Mm. <laughs> and they, yeah. they, you're yeah. their favourite person. Um, well,
1: I'm not very good at saying no. <laughs> <laughs> but I love saying yes.
0: Yes, of course. I, I yeah.
1: you know, who wouldn't? I know I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't been diagnosed with dementia. So dementia, I often talk about the advantages, which people often look at me a bit crazy. Just like that yeah. look you're giving me,
0: the gift, the gifts that the you gift. talk
1: about. Yeah. Yes, because if I hadn't been diagnosed with dementia, I wouldn't have been written a book. Uh, I wouldn't have met Julianne
0: Moore and had a cup of tea with oh, her. excuse me, we need to have a chat about this. <laughs> because, of course, uh, Still Alice was the movie that was uh, uh, coincidentally out at the yeah, same time. It was. Um, and uh, and not only did you see and watch the film, but you met I her. had a cup of tea with her. How amazing is that? (laughs) That's totally amazing. Uh, She was so lovely. I'm sure she was. And did she, did she wrote to you? She
1: mentioned me in her speech. uh, It was after, after. yeah. After speech, which I didn't see at the time, (laughs) but I had so many emails and tweets to tell me she'd just done it that I had to watch it back. Uh, That was, ah, that was just wonderful of her.
0: Yeah, I'm, it's, so nice. it, it's quite quite a moment. You mm. must have been a big inspiration, and 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 she asked you if she, if you thought mm. she'd got it right. Yes,
1: and I said she she'd got the eyes right because so much with dementia you can see so much by the eyes. Yeah, and you know they sound sad really, but she got it just right because she had she put an awful lot of work into getting it right. So I, I was so grateful that she'd done that because it could have been a big disaster.
0: Yeah, it mm. was very respectful of, was. Of, of, of you and the disease. Yeah, very, very a- respectful. Absolutely. She did a cracking job. It was an amazing performance. Yeah. The, um, uh, so as as we, as we go on in this extraordinary journey of, mm. of yours, um, we, we, you're now doing these, you know, lots of interviews and... and i hugely grateful that you've come in today. It looks like you've just wafted in you <laughs> off the street with no... It, um, and, yeah. But I'm, in, I'm curious to know how yeah. that's worked for you today yeah. because coming on the train... I mean, you're clocking up the miles on the trains yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how that works for you because coming to London and doing a whole load of interviews with people yeah. you've never met seems like it might be a challenge. Well, people think I magically appear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just wish. Yeah. <laughs> but it takes so much organisation and effort to, to do a journey, simply to do a journey. So I've, I print off pictures of the buildings that I'm going to so they look okay. familiar. I print off the names of every station that i go through so i know i'm on the right train even if i'm halfway through so and a walking map if i'm walking but today i'm i'm being looked after so whatever i need uh, i i have to do that before i even set off yeah um but again that's taxing my brain so it's good for me to do those things. It's just exhausting. But but obviously I'd rather die of
0: exhaustion than dementia. (laughs) (laughs) And you have your trusty tea to keep you going.
1: I always have my tea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, listen, um, I'm not going to keep you much longer. Mm. Um, um, I would, however, like you to explain yourself um, about the skydive. Oh,
1: yes. I'm so excited to do a (laughs) skydive. Oh, my daughter's just... Wendy, who's persuaded you to do a skydive? Well, I'm doing a skydive for Young Dementia UK, Yeah, which looks specifically after people under 65. And that's just coincidence. It was only because last year I walked on fire for the local hospice. <laughs> and this Did year... they ask you to? <laughs> I volunteered. <laughs> but this year I was just wanting something different, and that just popped up on probably Twitter. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I said to my daughters, oh, you'll never guess what I want to do next. And I said, a skydive, and they just rolled their eyes. (laughs) And I had to get my GP to sign all the forms and she just rolled her eyes. <laughs> but I just can't wait. I can't wait to leap out the plane. That would be brilliant.
0: What an experience. Oh, What yeah, an experience. Well, exciting. I hope the weather improves swiftly. Oh, so do I. For you. So do I. Um... It's really, lo- it's it's really great to meet you. Oh,
1: I've had a lovely time. I'm um, loving you. the purple hair. Oh yeah, you look,
0: you look fantastic. <laughs> oh, absolutely amazing. Oh, Somebody you. I used to know is wonderful, um, and there's and kind. there's so much humour in it and so much light in it. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad there is. Thank um, you, Wendy. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> What an absolutely incredible woman. She's so lovely. Wendy Mitchell there uh, talking about her book, Somebody I Used to Know. You've been listening to the Magic Book Club podcast. Thank you so much for downloading. We'll be back very soon with the lovely Mr. Tom Price.